I'm sure you're sick of this blue chip property, non blue chip, high cash flow, affordable, all these terms thrown around when really it's just the sizzle in either direction which people are trying to look at that makes their strategy the one. And so firstly, I kind of think about how these strategies came to light. And I almost imagine it like everyone just took a certain extreme opinion, stuck with it, and kind of assumes nothing else exists. So let's let's look at blue chip property, for example. If you take blue chip property, your extreme thought here is that high priced, high value, low scarcity, don't care about the low cash flow, low yields, is just going to be the best performing property you could get. And then your point of comparison or the benchmark is taking the flip side on an extreme, which is like super high cash flow, super cheap, super middle of the nowhere property that then all of a sudden has not performed as well and therefore should be then this clear example of why this is better than the other. It's kind of like the whole mid thing doesn't even exist. And by the mid thing, I'm talking about like property in the middle. It's like, can you not have a property that grows in value? It's not super expensive. It's decently renting, it's yielding well, it passes due diligence, and it can be a part in your portfolio. And people then sometimes say, hey, no, well, it should be, if you're on that income, you do this. And if you're on that income, you do this. I'm like, well, you double my income, and I still might make the same moves I kind of did. And so this is where I start to think that when you look at ways to property invest, far too often, people just keep missing out on this middle. And if you want to take a tip from this podcast is it's don't fall to the extremes of investing. When someone says, are you a cash flow or a growth? Or is this a growth or a cash flow play? Stop going and thinking like there's some ends to it. Why can't you have both, right? Now, if you start looking at it, why can't you have this midpoint to be able to go, well, I'm going to now invest in property because I want it all. I don't have to sacrifice one to go for the other. And by cash flow and wanting it all, I'm not saying you should be positive cash flow because let's look at this high interest rate environment. Even if you take the craziest cash flow properties, they're probably not going to be positive cash flow. 6% yield, 7% yields. Guess what? If you're taking an 80, 90% loan, you're not cash flow positive when you take in rates, water, insurance, maintenance, vacancy, everything. So I'm not saying it to say that you should be on one side or the other being cash flow and growth, or if you go in the middle, you get both. I'm also saying don't feel like you have to choose a side and give up on all else because all else doesn't exist. That is not true at all. Whether I was in my journey from when I was on a 50K income as a bank teller or taking my journey to a few hundred K per year or even as transparency, I'd like to make this as a multi seven figure business owner. I'm not changing my decisions and going back and saying, "Ooh, now that I'm on this kind of income, I'm going to buy a five million dollar property residential in the middle of some beautiful looking place and then be happy to take a grand a week rent. You can't be kidding me in saying that that seems like the best decision to make. If I've got the same 4 million, hey, if I don't like having that many kitchens and bathrooms and, you know, roofs to look after, maybe I might cut it into four 1 millions, where at least if I can make the rent to price ratio respectable, seven, 800 rent against the grand times that by four and it starts to become decent. But I'm not talking about feeling like the only way to get ahead is make the singular $4 million decision and be okay to take such a lower level of rent. Look, I'm not speaking this from just my own opinion or my own bias here. I'm speaking this from the fact of having clients that earn seven figures, hundreds of thousands of dollars per annum. And even yet, they look at property like a business and go, 
do I want to make a business decision and start to lose this much cash flow to hold something just because it's premium or looks and feels amazing? The truth is they don't. So I'm not saying this to bag on one side of property investing because I too have some expensive properties in my portfolio, but I'm not going four, five, ten, six, seven, eight. I could just throw out random numbers left, right and center. But the main thing I'm trying to get here is that you don't have to approach investing with this extreme view that it's one thing or the other, my way or the highway. You could buy a $4 million deal in the downturn of a market, decide to flip it in a year or two, and suddenly it all goes back up to high confidence, emotionally active people wanting to buy that property for six or seven million. Sure, pull out those examples. But at the same time, when I start to look at these views, we're using extreme views with extreme examples that are extremely low in frequency, which means they're not repeatable for every investor all the time. And the truth is, this is where the waters get murkier and murkier because it's not a scalable, repeatable for every person, everywhere type of approach. And so when I looked at property investing, I started breaking down this middle part. And this middle part is what I really want to share in this episode, which is it doesn't have to be a 150K property. It doesn't have to be a formal property. It can be either and in between. And it's the in between that is boring to talk about because it's not a one-sided opinion. It's not a my way or your way. The in-between is actually probably the most impactful part to talk about because it means that you're looking at all options for what your portfolio needs and what your personal preferences are. And the best way I can share this is give you two complete opposite examples of strategies where it's worked. So Amin is one of my good friends and a client. And for Amin, he's now got $9.8 million at the time of this recording in terms of a total portfolio. Pretty scalable, pretty sizable, and that to a high-income business-earning professional. And so when you look at Amin's perspective of his portfolio, we'd bought him six properties. Now at this six property mark, this was a decent sized purchase each and every time. Some purchases were around 1.2 million, 1.15 million, 1.3 million, 590, I think it was, or 580, and even some at sort of 900K. From Brisbane, Adelaide, Quenbian, all sorts, and even Victoria, towards Geelong, we bought properties. The main thing I'm trying to share in his examples where he was that high income earning professional. He is the person with the business and he wants to scale a portfolio. But it wasn't two, three, four mil extremely high end properties. We were trying to find the moment in which the sweet spot ended. Not in terms of capital growth, but the sweet spot ended in terms of how much before his rent falls off so large that it just doesn't make sense for that yield to be sitting in his portfolio. And so what we started doing was finding that tipping point in certain markets. And there was one particular property we rented out for $1,000 a week. It was a house in Brisbane, and this particular property rented for $1,000 a week, and we bought it for just under $1.2 million. And so those sorts of numbers start to make sense. But it's when we say, hey, I'm in just because you're giving me six properties and I'm going to be able to turn it all into one massive three, four, five mil blue chip example because this is the best and your money should go where the best is. Is that going to work for his scalability? Is that going to work for his rent? Is that going to give him the stream he wants of income? Short answer is no. He felt the same. I felt the same. And the math that we did was the same. Well, this kind of reminds me, as corny as it sounds, as looking at the sweet spot of where our planet sits, right? If you look at it from an astronomy side of things and you have the earth move closer to the sun, what's suddenly happening? We're probably burning or you're getting a really good tan. Now, if you move it to the other side and you head towards Jupiter and even all the way to Pluto, suddenly the earth's kind of freezing, isn't it? 
So the idea here is that with the earth, we're sweet spotted in the middle. So why can't we find that middle of property investing? And I'm not saying middle equals boring results or middle equals, you know, not getting the benefits of either. The middle can sometimes get the benefits of it all and not have you question your decision like you need to be forced in one way or the other, or you need to pick a strategy like you have to go blue chip expensive or you have to go affordable high cash flow. The idea is that for every investor, I always try to break it down into buckets. The first bucket is your personal profile. So Amin's personal profile in this particular case was to go, hey, look, I don't want 20 kitchens. I don't want 20 roofs. I want wealth. I want to hit $10 million of residential assets, and I want to switch over to commercial. Now, in doing so, I have certain comforts, but I don't want to give up the yields. But with those comforts, we needed to find the sweet spot. So we moved this purchase price up as much as humanly possible whilst finding that sweet spot for rental yields to exist, and then we diversified it across different markets. And that's where we still reach this just under $10 million portfolio on top of the two that he already had with six of these purchases. What did we achieve? High purchase prices, less is more personality approach, good balance of rental yields, large levels of capital growth, diversity across states. So that's the first part. The profile of someone is important in discovering where on this equation of blue chippy, middle, or looking at the affordable side you sit. It's that personal risk profile of comfort. The next example on that same profile is someone in the opposite direction. Now, we have Nafis, who's one of our good clients, and we've purchased three properties for Nafis. Now, in Nafis's three-property journey, he didn't want to be thrown into the two, 300K properties at the bottom of affordability, but very high on yield, and thrown into the deepest of regions, just so he'd have to learn about property investing and how certain myths needed to be busted in his mind. He felt that that would eventually come. And in his case, he wanted to be able to go into certain major markets and then slowly start to spread his wings. So the first property we picked up was something in the 400,000s. I think it was about 418K to be precise. And that today is now valued at over 700K. I want you to take a moment to pause here and just imagine that Nafiz and I didn't catch up. Imagine that he caught up with someone sipping on a very expensive overpriced latte in the inner west of Sydney or in the eastern suburbs, getting their daily grounding ritual on the beach, on the sand, ready to pop open a coconut before they start their day. And all of a sudden they go, hey, Nafiz, dude, chill, just wait, get a million dollar budget, Ta change your income as an entry level you know, role in the financial services, legal services, and move, wait till you get to two, 300. Then we can start talking investing. You're too early in the game. You need more income. You need blue chip. You need all the good stuff. You need expensive. You need lifestyle. You need scarcity. Could you imagine if he'd waited? Nafis has gone on to purchase three properties with us. Half a million dollars in equity generated. All from what started in trying to find his personal profile of not too affordable, not waiting till he was the big shot lawyer or the high up in the financial services game to purchase, but making do with the middle, the sweet spot for him, his profile, and his results. Now, I don't care if you're on half a million dollars income. Saving half a million is not easy. Even if you're on a million dollar income, it's not easy. But he generated that in equity growth. And that's the two examples, complete opposite spectrums. One person and their personal profile trying to get them a certain level of wealth. And we did that to stretching maximum purchase prices whilst maintaining yield. And the other person who did not want to go to the most absolute affordable prices of property and wanted to maximize their budget, but fit certain comforts and still achieve results without having to wait 10 years until they're deep into their 30s with a career that some person who believes in blue chip investing is the only way told them is respectable enough to make something happen of investing. That's half a million dollars he would have missed out. And that's on the other spectrum of the business owner 
a lot of properties that they would have been going into, maybe 20 properties with the same budget, had they gone to someone whose strategy was just affordable properties. So that's the first part. It's all about the profiling to where you sit in your comforts. Now we move to the second part of trying to find the sweet spot middle for you. How much are you willing and able to lose? Sounds crazy, right? How much are you willing and able to lose means opportunity cost and dropping multiple markets. So do you want to be in one or two markets or do you want to be spread across more? How much are you willing to lose in cash flow? Sometimes positive cash flow just doesn't exist like the environment we're in today. And it's about how much cash you can put aside and go, look, I'm able to actually only lose this much cash or I save about four grand or three grand a month and I probably want to make sure I'm still saving about a grand a month. Whatever that number looks like for you is your risk profile, not so much from a comfort level, which is bucket one, but the risk profile of yields. Now for yields, I tend to look at a sort of a four to 6% sweet spot. And if you get above that, some assets are pretty unique and they do that. And then you get some assets below that, but they just fit the personal profile really well. And they fit that person's income ability, savings ability, and growth in terms of their cash position and wealth goals. But we're not too extreme to either. I think this is a good sweet spot. But it's about finding that sweet spot based on their cash flow comforts, how scalable they want to reach. Because I've done portfolio mapping for two different people in the same financial position. And one gets there in three properties, one gets there in five. And they both felt just as comfortable to each other. Now, if you're feeling just as comfortable as each other with five properties versus three, it means that your risk profile is different. And so this is the key to consider. The third and final part is the markets that are out there at the given time, they'll produce the numbers that you want. Because it might be that time where you're like, hey, this particular market just may not cut it for you. And it might be the market with that property that you want, the view that you want, the water that you want, or whatever it is that you're after, but that market might not produce the best returns. And that's when you start to realize, hey, it may not be that city. It may be another city. And in that city, do you really want to purchase the extremely affordable 200K entry point home? Or do you really want to purchase the $2 million home in a city where the majority of stock is four to 600 or five to 700? You don't really want to be outliers. Could you imagine if you took one of these blue chip strategies and applied it there or one of the affordable only strategies and applied it there? This is why you need to be a portfolio based investor who looks at these three buckets the best markets at the given time and what their segmentation of results produce, your personal risk profile and your personal comfort profile. Get rid of all the crap in terms of strategies that pull you into one side or the other. You can have it all. It's long as it fits into these three buckets and you'll notice where it stretches outside of it. If we go to Amin's case again, would he have wanted a two and a half million dollar property that only rents at 1200 or 1300? Or would he have wanted two one to $1.2 million properties that rented 1,000 to 1,100. You can see what option we chose. And so the key here is that if you follow these three buckets, let the strategy come to you. It might mean affordable properties are where you need to be. It might mean that middle property and getting enough cities that you'd like to have under your belt, getting exposure across a few states and not having a huge number of frequency in properties, but finding that balance of it all. Or it might be on Amin's circumstance where, hey, if it takes me six properties to eight properties to get to 10 mil, that's all I want. I don't want 20 properties. I want to move to commercial afterwards. I want to do three, four, five, six mil deals. That's cool. But the main thing is don't let content, don't let thoughts, don't let barbecue discussions, don't let books pull you into this world of extremes. Like there's only one way to do it. I've helped over 600 people scale up portfolios from the first ones to the 10th ones and beyond. I've done it for myself 17 times in property. 
by 17 times, it's 17 different properties purchased. I'm going to buy a whole, whole lot more. And if I had my time again, whether I was on the income today of multiple businesses, or whether I was on the income as the bank teller at 18-year-old who moved over from New Zealand to, to Australia and got their first job, yes, my outcome of what I can do changes. But if I was to have my time again, I wouldn't do a whole bunch different and start to go, well, if I had my income now from the get-go, I'd be buying $5 million properties. No, I wouldn't. I can, but I wouldn't. And so don't feel like you need to be pulled to the extremes. Make decisions in line with these three buckets. The first one is going to be all about your personal preferences and comforts. Second one is all about your risk management, your tolerance, the dollars, the ins and outs, the diversity you want. And then third one is what do the markets say? And if you're constantly looking at these three things, you will be able to pick what's right for you and not be steered in either direction. Because you don't want to operate in extremes. Property isn't a game of extreme strategies, extreme results. It's usually when you go to an extreme, you might get the one a moment in their high performing results, but then you'll get a whole bunch of missed opportunities on the other side. You want to be in the middle so you can see things in all directions. Peripheral vision. It's kind of like when you're at the movies. You sit on the far left seat, it's pretty crappy. Sit on the far right seat, it's pretty crappy. But how good's that middle seat? It's not about being undecided. It's about being open to all and figuring out where your comforts your personal risks, and the markets take you and go where the opportunities are. I've bought a million-dollar property in Adelaide that performed really well because at that time, I saw an opportunity. I performed with a 380K property in Bendigo that performed really well because at that time, that was a really good spot, suburb, house, time to buy. Go where the strategies take you based on these three things. Don't fall to an extreme. That's another episode here at Investigate podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about how you can get out of these extremes and not feel like you have to be forced in a direction because someone says so, check out our research. It's investigate.com.au. It's totally for free. There's the research tab. And on the research tab, you've got two links I'd love for you to check out. The first one is our research papers. This one tells you that third bucket I talked about, which is all about the research of the markets and what they show. The second one is our blog series. Now, these blogs bust a whole bunch of myths, give you some frequently asked questions give you scenarios and all sorts of things, whether it's building materials, whether it's bedrooms and bathrooms, proximity to coast, school zones, outside of school zones, all the things that push you into one bucket or another, you can use this data to really help you get clarity. And that's all I want for you in tuning into this episode. Get clarity on who you are, what your research is going to be, and where you're going to go in terms of the direction of what's in your comforts and also what's in your risk tolerance, and then find the best possible properties you can in the best possible markets, timed as well as you can, held for the long term, because you can have it all. Arjun Paliwal, Head of Research and Investigate Buyers Agency, and thanks for tuning in to another episode.